<clears throat> so um, last last week, or, or I guess it was several weeks ago, um, Elijah brought a message from Galatians, and I'm I'm gonna attempt to do um, the same. He kind of went over a lot of um, the main the main points of Galatians, and I'm not gonna go into too much detail on that, but um, I do want to touch a little bit on on kind of just a I guess an overview of Galatians. Um, in Galatians, uh, it, it's Paul. Uh, he's writing a, a letter to um, the churches there in Galatia, and he's um, trying to convince them of some some follies that they're making, uh, some mistakes that they're falling into, as far as um, using the law as a means of justification for um, for initiation into the gospel. Um, he his his main point is that of how are we how are we justified with God? What what by what means are we made just and by what means are we justified with God? Um, and in doing so he he discusses how that that process of justification is done by by faith in Christ Jesus and the sacrifice of Christ and how this idea that we're justified through the law um, is not is not one that's represented anywhere in the gospel story and is also one that's that leads to us being in bondage to the law being subject to the law and that's kind of what I want to talk about today he Elijah Elijah talked a good bit about that um, in, in his message but what I want to focus on is how we are made free through through faith in Christ Jesus and why it's necessary that we're freed from the law and what that means for us, what that what that looks like for us as Christians. And um, there's there's three main points I want to make uh, as far as um, how we're made free, how we're made free uh, through faith in Christ Jesus. Um, those three points are freedom by faith. And the need for faith, freedom from guilt, and then lastly, um, freedom in Christ and in life. So the first, um, the first place I want to turn to in Scripture is actually in John, uh, the Gospel of John, chapter eight. I'm, I'm going to read verses three to eleven in Gospel of John eight, verses three through eleven. And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery. When they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us what such should be, that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have, have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote in the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, 
Where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So the reason I wanted to start with with that um, particular passage is I think it does it does some things I, I wouldn't be able to do in my own words, and I think it does it really simplistically right there. Um, <clears throat> Jesus, in very few words, points out <clears throat> the very obvious um, shortcomings of the law, which is that it the accusers in this situation who are accusing this woman of adultery think that the law is going to justify them and justify their righteousness with with God. And instead of Jesus initially just going straight into saying that the law is useless and that the law does does nothing for us, because it does, the law offers um, a good good guidance. And even in Galatians, it it tells that the law is a schoolmaster for us and and it can lead us to live in righteously and that the following law is is a, a way to wisdom and, and it is but Christ points out the main flaw which is that the law does not cleanse our hearts it doesn't it doesn't flush our consciousness um, it doesn't rid us of sin and he does that pretty amazingly here and he, he does it even without bashing the law he just says okay if 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 the law is correct and it's always correct, then how come you still have a dirty conscience? How come you still can't use the law to bring about justice and your conscience still remains unclean? And I think that that lays a really um, healthy groundwork, I think, for for when you're looking into Galatians, um, because there there is a shortcoming in the law and it's it's not it's not anything that Christ bashes, but he does point out the shortcomings in the law and that Christ is better than the law. Um, faith in Christ is is a much better um, a much better covenant. Um, and it it makes it makes looking into um, Galatians uh, a lot a lot easier for me with having that passage in mind. <clears throat> I want to flip over to Galatians now. I want to turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 5. And in Galatians chapter 3, verse 5, it reads, He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, doeth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So our faith removes us from beneath the law. Um, so we are not held captive by the law. Um, and our faith in what? What are we, what are we placing our faith in? Um, it, it's a faith in, in God's promise. Uh, it goes on to talk about in chapter 3 there in Galatians um, about the, the promise that's made to Abraham. Um, uh, it says in, in, in verse 9 there, Galatians chapter 3, so when they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham, we are we're blessed and we're freed from underneath the law and having faith in Christ Jesus and in, in the blood sacrifice of Christ Jesus, which is as Abraham had faith in God. He had faith in God's promises. Um, the death of Christ and Christ shed blood for us is a promise. It's a promise that our sins are covered and that we have 
mercy that we have um, our sins paid for, all past and future sins, and that they're covered. Um, and we're going to look at a, a, a verse later on in Galatians that talks about if if there was a law that did that for us, if there was a law that we could follow that would justify us with God, would we not? Would there be need for Christ? Um, and and there wouldn't be need for Christ, but there is a need for Christ because the law is insufficient. The law is a schoolmaster, and without the shed blood of Christ, we are held captive underneath the law. Um, the law can do nothing, as we saw in in um, the Gospel of John uh, earlier with the adulterous woman. The the law can do nothing for our conscience. It can do nothing for our our hearts um, because we're dead in sin. Uh, and it, it, what does that do for us? What does a faith in Christ do for us? Well, one of the things it made me think about is just how much of a more personal walk with Christ that gives us. With uh, it's just a much more, um, it's just a much more personalized understanding of God. Um, it's not a list of boxes we have to check off, which is what. The law is. It's not a condition. It's not a do this and this will happen or do this and this won't happen. It's a, it's a father like love to his children who he, who Christ paid the ultimate sacrifice for. And it just makes it a much more uh, personal, uh, a much more unique walk that we have with Christ. And because we're all unique, we're all, we're all different. Uh, everybody in here has sins they're more susceptible to than others. And I believe that's that's a provision that God gives us, that we're not all subject to. You have to follow all the same rules 100% of the time perfectly, which we could never do. But Christ, Christ's sacrifice bridges that gap and it, it justifies us. And faith in Christ's sacrifice justifies us and gives us a much more personal walk with God. We also get to under underneath... Um, Christ shed blood and having faith in Christ shed, shed blood, we get to enjoy God's mercy. Um, I want to I want to turn to First John, chapter one, verse nine. If we confess our sins, this is First uh, John, chapter one, verse nine. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If if there's no if there's no shed blood of Christ and there's no faith in the shed blood of Christ, um, then really, if we're underneath the law, we're in bondage to the law, which means that we do not get to enjoy the mercies of God. We don't get to enjoy. Um, that Christ was sacrificed for our sins, that that was the ultimate sacrifice that had to be made to cleanse us of our sins. And underneath the law, we're held captive to um, a, an unobtainable standard of do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And in our hearts and in our in our minds, on our own accord, we could never we could never love God with all our with all of our might all the time, which is a commandment. It's a law. But underneath Christ and underneath His sacrifices, underneath that umbrella of Him saving us, we get to enjoy God's mercies. 
we get to confess our sins. We can boldly go before the throne of grace because we know that the grace does not ever stop flowing and that we will always have sufficient grace to cover our sins if we're faithful to confess our sins. Um, and, and it's just a great blessing to, to think about the great faithfulness of God, that He is faithful to forgive us of our sins because of the shed blood of Christ. Um, I want to, I want to turn to, um, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. That reads, there has no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that you may be able to bear it. God, God is faithful. He's, he's faithful to provide us with the strength to, to resist sin, to resist temptation. And He's faithful to do that because He has given us the weapons he's equipped us to fight sin. He's given us um, the shed blood of Christ, which is our, the ultimate weapon to fighting sin. Because there's mercy. There's mercy when we stumble. There's mercy when we fall. And not that we might abuse that, but that we might use that to to realize that there are standards that we'll never meet. That we'll never be able to achieve um, a perfect standing with Christ. But we are made perfect through Christ. And through his shed blood, and that we can we can fight sin um, with the weapons that God has given us, which is His faithfulness, His mercy, um, and and His word, which are all weapons that are at our disposal, that are at our disposal because we're free. We're we're free through Christ. We're free through His His uh, shed blood. Um, we're freedom. We're freed from sins. Um, and and that is a blessing. It, it's a huge blessing, and it 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 really has changed the way I I view sin. And and you don't have to view it as a I need to clean myself up before I can go before Christ. You can you can view sin as what it is, which is a insult, a personal insult to God, but God who sent His Son to cover that. And so you can go before the throne of grace. <clears throat> my my next point I, I want to make from Galatians is um, we have a freedom from guilt. Um, we are made heirs to God through Christ. And I want to turn back over to Galatians, Galatians chapter four. I want to uh, read Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because your sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of His Son unto your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then heirs of God to Christ. We're, we're removed from underneath the law. Um, we're taken out from underneath that, 
uh, that bondage and we're made heirs of Christ. We're made, we're made saints, um, through faith in Christ Jesus. That's something that the law could never grant us. The law could never grant us freedom. Even if you were to follow it perfectly, there would still be, um, our hearts would still desire things we shouldn't. Our hearts would still be in the wrong place. Even when we would, to do good, um, our hearts would be lusting after evil things. Um, I also want to turn to, to Romans chapter 3. I'm going to read um, a little bit longer of a passage out of here, but I was going to read verses 20 through 31. This is in Romans 3. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God hath set forth to be a propitiation through faith in His blood to declare His righteousness for the remission of sins that are passed through the forbearance of God, to declare, I say, at this time, His righteousness, that He might be just, and the justifier of him which believeth in Jesus. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. Therefore we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law. Is he the God of the Jews only? Is he not also of the Gentiles? Yes, of the Gentiles also. Seeing it is one God which shall justify the circumcision by faith and the uncircumcision through faith. Do we then make void the law through faith? God forbid. Yea, we establish the law. And again, I don't, I don't think I could say it any better. Um, the law is not sufficient for sinners because we are sinners and we can't get out from underneath the law. Um, so we're not under the law. So, if you're like me, if you, if, if you could put yourself in the shoes of people back then, the Jewish, a Jewish person back then, if he was hearing that for the first time, hearing that you're no longer underneath the law, um, I would think my next question would be, well, what, what's my direction then? You know, what am I to do? Um, cause that's what the law was there for. Um, it was, it was to provide direction. It was how they were to structure their lives, how they were to live their lives. And one response I kind of came up with for myself was our direction is that we are to fight sin. Um, just to put it, put it plainly and put it uh, as frankly and as easy to remember as I could put it, um, was to fight against sin. Um, I want to flip back over to Galatians chapter five, verse one. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. It says, 
Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. We're to stand fast um, in the liberty that we've been given. And, and we're not just freed from the law, but we're freed from sin, which means we're freed from being in bondage to sin, and we're freed to fight sin. We're freed to make war against against sin and against temptation. Um, in Galatians chapter five, verse sixteen to eighteen, um, it reads, "This I say then: Walk in the Spirit; she shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh." For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other. So that, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. We're, we're supposed to fight against our flesh. We're supposed to f- follow the spirit. We are supposed to be, um, not carnally minded. Um, and that is our, that is our direction. That is our goal. That is the, that is the um, the goal that we're given. It's not that we follow the laws perfectly and, and hope that when we get to heaven, our ratios meet up with with um, number of sins committed, number of laws followed correctly. That's not our that's not our prerogative. That's not our end our end goal. Our end goal is to follow Christ. Is to wage against sin, and it's not. To me, it doesn't always feel like it's a winning battle, but it's it's one you have to battle every single day and that you have to keep at the forefront of your mind that you you are at war and you're not you're not fighting sin with a long list of commandments that, that must be met every day. You're fighting sin in your heart, you're fighting sin in your in your life, you're fighting sin in how you interact with people around you. Um, you're fighting sin on all fronts, and it's just such a blessing that we're we are given the freedom to fight sin, and we're also given the tools to fight sin. Um, this I say then: walk in the spirit, that ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Um, you have to replace you have to replace sin with something, and um, I think one of the things you can replace sin with is service. And I think Brother Lewis talked about that. Uh, a lot this morning. How can how can we serve? Um, how can we serve the Gucci's? How can we serve the church? Um, it's a great way to do away with sin. Is to keep a a, uh, a service mentality. The um, I know I probably have turned to this passage before uh, while while I've been talking, but it just it goes well with a lot of different um, a lot of different. Topics I've, I've talked about. I want to turn to Micah chapter six. I'm going to read verses six through eight in Micah six. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before the high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has showed thee, O man, what is good and what doth the Lord require of thee, but to do justly, to love mercy, 
and to walk humbly with thy God. Um, again, I don't think I could say it any better. God's God's not looking for acts. He's not looking for He's not looking for um, the picture perfect um, picture of someone who carries out the Mos- the mosaic uh, laws. He's looking for someone who humbly comes before the throne of grace, um, who who loves mercy and who's able to walk before God and beg out, cry out for mercy um, from God. Because we are given freedom from the law, we have freedom in Christ, which means we have freedom to fight sin. Um, and that freedom is gained by the shed blood of Christ. I'd also like to turn to, um, if I may, I was going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I was going to uh, read verses three, three through five. <clears throat> this is in Second Corinthians, chapter ten. And did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many, well, let's see. I may have, uh, I'm in 1 Corinthians. One minute. Let me go over to 2 Corinthians. Okay, here we go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Um, again, our, our warfare is not one, uh, is not carnal. Um, it, it's a spiritual war. It's a spiritual warfare against, against our hearts, against our minds. And that is something that we would be ill-equipped to fight if it was, if we just had the law. But we're not just equipped with the law. Um, we're equipped with spiritual blessings. We're equipped with the, the throne of mercy that we can go before. Um, and that's, it was just a big encouragement to me, um, reading through Galatians that, that even though if I put myself in the shoes back then and someone started tearing down laws that I had built, you know, my whole family around, uh, if I had built my whole life around making sure I was following these laws and someone started preaching to me about, well, these laws are not sufficient to justify you with God. It would be a huge upgrade, if I can use that word, to know that what I am equipped with is something far better than the law, and it is the mercy seat of Christ, um, which grants me the ability to have a personal walk with God and also grants me the ability to resist sin, to resist temptation, um, and when I'm when I fail and when I fall, I can still go before Christ and ask for forgiveness. And then the last point I want to make is um, freedom in Christ and in life. Um, we're given the freedom to serve God's kingdom, and that's what what Lewis talked about a lot this morning. Um, we just have a lot of opportunities to serve, 
um, in God's kingdom. And I actually want to turn to Galatians um, chapter 6. <clears throat> I want to read in uh, verses 9 and 10 in Galatians chapter 6. It says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Um, we have the, the God-given opportunity and we have the, the liberty to serve um, brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's, that's not given to us so that we can puff ourselves up, so that we can feel good about ourselves. It's given to us as a, um, as a way to bring glory to the kingdom. Uh, as a way to bring glory to God and as a way to um, not make not make our Christian walk so much about ourselves. Because I think one one thing that happens um, if, if we try to justify justify our standing with God using the law is we're prone to puff ourselves up. We're prone to be prideful in our in our actions and not in our in not in not in God's uh, sacrifice, not in Christ's sacrifice. We have pride in our own actions. Um, but if we're justified through faith in Christ Jesus, I think that lends itself to a lot more self-reflection on our part. Um, because as as that story I read earlier, uh, where the the adulterous woman was brought before Jesus, um, those men had puffed themselves up because they felt like they were following the law and they were going to try to use the law to catch to catch Jesus um, off guard. But what ended up happening is Christ flipped it around on them and showed them the, the inferiority of the law, which is that it can't do anything with their conscience. And it made them realize just how much of their pride was leaned up against their ability to follow the law. And I think underneath Christ, we, we have the opportunity to reflect on our own intentions, to reflect on our own, um, to our own, uh, attitudes towards people. And when we find that we are being prideful, which we are very prone to do, He also gives us the opportunity to put our pride aside and just serve others. Um, it's harder to be prideful, um, when you put yourself in a service a service position when you put yourself in a position to um, put your own um, put your own priorities aside and take care of someone else and to try to um, be of assistance to someone else and that's a great provision that God has given us. Another provision He's given us is just the ability to to lift each other up. Um, in Galatians chapter five. Verses um, 14 through 15. It reads, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. The whole law, he's saying, it, it can kind of be summed up in one one phrase, which is, to love others, to put others, um, put others comfort, put others um, uh, situations uh, in front of our own 
and to put aside pride, put aside our own uh, desires to serve others and to, to lift each other up. Um, that again, that's our direction. That's our um, that's our goal at the end of the day is to just be in service to Christ. And the best way to do that in a lot of cases is to be in service to um, the people in his kingdom. Um, so in our in our case, it would be, be our church. Um, the last passage I want to turn to, and this is a, lo- a longer one, but is in First uh, Peter chapter two. I'm going to read verses, um, first Peter chapter two. I'm going to read verses 15 through 25. <clears throat> For so is the will of God that with well doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free and not using our liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. For this is thank, thankworthy if a man for conscience, for conscience towards God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it? If when he be buffeted for your faults, ye shall take it patiently. But if when ye do well and suffer for it, ye take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. For even hereunto were ye called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who when he was reviled, reviled not again when he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. For ye were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and the bishop of your souls. Um, so that that's what our freedom should push, should push us towards. That's what our our freedom in Christ should push us towards um, to be servants, um, to honor all men, as it, as it says in First Peter there, and and to live by faith, um, to live by faith, to to die to ourselves, and to put others before before our own um, before our own needs. Um, it's uh, it was a big, a really big blessing to read through Galatians. I think it's uh, it's one of my one of my favorite. Um, books and it just uh, it points out how good we have it in Christ it makes it very very evident how much how much better um, it is to to have faith in Christ Jesus because that is the only way that we are justified um, with God is through our faith faith in, in Christ Jesus and I uh, appreciate the opportunity to share what I found um, from Galatians and thank y'all for your for your time